Uh, welcome to Record Night. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And each episode, we take a record off our respective shelves and show it to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you bring tonight? I brought Wilco's Ode to Joy. Sweet. And I knew you were bringing that, so <laughs> I brought Lightning Bolt's new album, Sonic Citadel. So I'm guessing this is like the counterpoint to this one? <laughs> yeah, I was reading reviews about uh, the new Wilco one, uh-huh. and a, a lot of people were saying there's a lot of space there. Yeah, there's a lot of space. So I brought an album that they fill as much possible space as they can. Oh, they cram it. Oh, it's crammed. I'm excited, man. I'm ready to blow up your head after the Wilco album. So, real quick, I want you to open up that fridge behind you. Already? Yeah, and then pull out uh, what is called Revolver's Blood and Honey. So, Revolver are a beer company from Texas, uh, from my hometown, Texas, Dallas. And, uh, oh I my saw god, it, it looks like cowboy beer. Yeah, it is. It's got two guns on it. Um, it's called Blood and Honey, and I, it's probably, when I lived in Dallas... It was either this or Shiner Jet drink almost exclusively. Okay. Um, and We're taking and, you back. Yeah, taking you back. And so this one had just came to KC. I saw a billboard saying Revolver coming to uh, KC, and I was fucking super excited. I will tell you, they don't skimp on the glue on the boxes. No, they so do not. Hopefully they don't skimp on um, the it's a, beer. Just, it's a straight up ale. Uh, if you want to read what it says right there on the top of what Blood and Honey is, you can just go ahead and do that tagline. Blood and Honey American Ale. An unfiltered deep golden ale brewed with malted two-row barley and wheat, finished with blood orange peel, Texas honey, and a blend of spices. It actually sounds delicious. Yeah, so uh, let's, uh, let's do a little crack open. It yeah, let's crack open. it. Let me put this box down. Sure. Here. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back from Japan. Hey, thanks, man. That, like Japan was great. Um, it's been a while. A little, oh damn! You like don't even really taste the blood orange or anything. Like yeah. it says, well, oh, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's in the aftertaste. It's okay. Deep, it's deep in that. Yeah. It's really interesting. I feel like if someone were to describe me like, oh, here's a blood orange beer with honey in it, I'm expecting almost like shandy like. But yeah. this is like, here's this a is... here's a beer that's like. They enhance some of like the yeah. maybe the flavors that are lost with the. Do, do you like it? I love this. Oh yeah, this is awesome. I'm glad. But like, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a obviously, a, a red blooded American. <laughs> I, I still sort of buy into. I played a lot of Red Dead Redemption. I buy into the uh, romanticism of the West and cowboys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's hard not to, man. It's I mean, it's a, all it's all fake bullshit. Yeah, with that, guns on this though. It's yeah. Like, and, you know, but it's I, like I would drink this while I play Red Dead. Yeah, I'm not a gun guy, but this, nope, me yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Although if I were, yeah, it would this, be the it would be the guns that are on here. Those are the ones or, I like. Or you know, if you think about when normal people who have guns, probably Budweiser. Hmm. I don't know. That's yeah, it. I feel I'm like, generalizing. Sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> no, we need to get our we need to get our Colt revolvers. Uh, we need to uh, cook some beans over an open fire. We need to drink some. Revolver Brewing Blood and Honey American yeah. Ale. So yeah, if you guys... uh, please sponsor us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bl- uh, Revolver Bl- Brewing Company. Yeah, in Dallas, Texas. Um, I, I think they're from deep. Yeah, right here it says Granberry. Whoops. Um... Oh my God, you're lying to me, you liar. Uh, so yeah, Japan was great. Uh, we had, that's why we hadn't recorded for a few weeks. I've been in Japan. Uh, I don't know what else to say about Japan. I need a few time days, but almost, yeah, I feel like almost brought almost bought Sapporo because I couldn't find the purse. Maybe the episode when you're actually ready to talk about Japan. Maybe. Maybe we'll just do a, you tell me about Japan. Real quick about records in Japan. I didn't buy any records in Japan because they're fucking expensive as shit. Damn. Yeah. Uh, they don't I have- mean, I know that like the Japanese import CDs and albums we get here are like, hey, do you want to pay an extra $20 for this? You get one extra song. I think it has to do with actual vinyl printing. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's just more expensive to ship it. Because I think there's only like three places in the world now that make vinyl records. Probably. Okay. I'd, I I'd, I'd imagine there's more now that it's picking up steam again. Yeah, Hopefully. Thanks, thanks, Jack White. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell me about Wilco and we'll get this thing uh, kicked off. So. I was supposed to go first this episode. I'm going to let you go first okay. this episode because I feel like uh, the Lightning Bolt album will have a bigger impact following oh, this yeah. airy, spacious thing. Okay. I want I want it to beat you over the head, and I think it'll do that uh, with the first song on okay. it. But yeah, why don't you tell me about Wilco? So uh, if you guys know anything about Wilco, you've heard the name Rainy King Hotel Foxtrot. That's their biggest record? That's honestly the only one I've listened yeah, to. Yeah, that's the most... So Wilco are basically they are a band formed out of Uncle Tupelo, alternative country band. They okay. split. Uh, Jeff Tweedy formed Wilco, and Jay Bennett formed a. I'm sorry. Fucking Jay. God damn it. Are they uh, from Chicago? They are a Chicago-based band. Okay, cool. Because uh, I, uh, when I went to visit Chicago, I saw the uh, towers yeah. that are on the cover yeah. of that album, um, yeah. and I was just like, oh shit. So, Uncle Tupelo had Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar. They were basically the main two songwriters of the band. Um, when they broke up, Jay, formed, Jay Farrar formed Sunvolt, which were immediately acclaimed as one that's like, like way better than Uncle Tupelo. And Wilco sort of weren't known as the lesser of the offshoots. Until, right. Um, they've been around since 1994. Only two members from the original incarnation. incarnation Incarnation, <laughs> fuck dude, um, I'm drunk. Uh, Incarnation remain, which are Jeff Tweedy and John Stewart, the best player. But they just really so enjoyed. This is their eleventh record. Eleventh record. Uh, I thought it was twelfth. Hold on. <laughs> fuck. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleventh record. Okay. Yeah, eleventh record. Um, they've the first one was released in 1995 called AM. It's kind of like a. Uh, like a country rock record. Um, Still kind of sticking yeah, with Americana, the, yeah. the uh, alternative country vibes. Yeah, yeah. Then being there was uh, pretty, um, a a double record, which not a whole lot of bands do early on in their career. Um, but this was sort of described as uh, two parts. They have a country Americana tinge first disc, uh-huh. and the second disc they say goodbye all that. They go rock and roll and like, and like folky stuff. I like when bands do that on yeah. double albums. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of the last time they sort of really had their foot firmly planted in all country. Okay. Because Summer Teeth comes out. It's a poppy rock record. I won't, I won't call it pop rock because it's not that. But it, it's the first time they also started adding a weird sonic landscape. Right? Was that when What's-His-Face joined? Jay Bennett joined in Summer Teeth. Oh, I was talking Nils Klein. Nils Klein, he, he joins later. Okay, okay. cool. <laughs> Jay Bennett, uh, he joined in Summer Teeth, um, and then he, he, the Foxtrot came around. And that's when Jay Bennett and Jeff Tweedy worked together. And uh, I don't want to understate Jay Bennett's contribution to Yankee Little Foxtrot. It is probably why people love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's the guy that won the best, uh, one of the best uh, stories for a record. 
They create a beautiful, dense layered record. Mm-hmm. They bring it to Warner Brothers. They don't want it. Of course not. They let them walk away with the record after they asked them to change it and said, "No, this is it." <laughs> and then they sell it back to Warner Brothers subsidiary for way more than than they are going to pay for it. Uh, I think that's an important lesson. Oh yeah. Uh, don't sell out your artistic values just because Warner Brothers or some shitty studio is telling yeah. you they don't want what you just made. And so after this record, because uh, Jeff Twee is the person he is. He fires Jay Bennett. He uses the generally accepted story why Jay Bennett was fired is that uh, Jeff said he can't make music with him anymore. And Jay says, why? And he goes, he goes this analogy of what? Every circle has a center. And of course, Jeff Tweezy can be that center. Right. And so, you know, uh, that's, just the, that's just, I guess, the politics of this band. Jeff Tweezy makes it, calls the shots on what happens. Right. Um, doesn't make him good, doesn't make him bad, just makes him who he is, I guess. Uh, it is how a lot of bands function, whether they the admit best, it or not. One of the best rock dog show we're seeing is I'm Trying to Break Your Heart. Uh, a filmmaker was lucky enough to film them while Yuki Fox Foxtrot was being recorded uh-huh. and the record, The Label Response. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, so like, the, the guy was probably like, this is fucking gold. Um, <laughs> we're making it, and if you can find it, you will find it. And the field will go, it's just like, it's great. Then, I know I saw, I watched like a Rush documentary uh-huh. once, and it was like, somebody had the fucking forethought to film Rush's first like show or like garage yeah. show. And it's like, who at this point is wasting film on like your friend's band that then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the one of the biggest bands to ever exist. We got footage of their first show. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. So you can Fox Tri is the first record. Where they are known as being experimental. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got a lot of sonic sound in it, a lot of landscapes. And that's what Wilco, one, that's their highest selling record for one. Hmm. It's a great record, number two. And uh, not to understate, Jim O'Rourke's, um, Jim O'Rourke is a Chicago experimental musician who gave them the mixes they used. Okay. Uh, you, you hear Radio Curie has a thumb, thumb. Mm-hmm. If you hear the original mix, everything else is much higher, but louder. So, which they heard for Jimmy, it's just like, this is what we want to do. Right. Uh, fast forward three years later, Ghost is Born comes out. That's their next record. It's It follows uh, even more experimental than Yankee Foxtrot, but also has like, it has one of the most dad rock songs, which is one of Loco's um, uh, complaints recently, is that they do dad rock. And I'm, I'm, I want to defend it a little bit, but I can't. <laughs> I can't say no. <laughs> so, I mean, somebody likes yeah, it. But uh, Ghost Point is great. It's also got a lot of experimental parts to it. Um, there's a song called Hummingbird on there. Uh-huh. That's the song my dad likes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, and it's, it's all right. It's just, it's just a, it's a song that's very ple- pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. This guy, Blue Sky, came out, and this is the actual when Nels Klein joined. Okay. Because they asked Nels Klein to join after a Ghost is Born. And the other guitar player left. Nels Klein uh, is an amazing fucking guitar player. He does really cool stuff. He's been in a couple of bands with and he's like super groups. Yeah, he's also for being a jazz guitarist, right? Yeah. Okay. And he, he just likes to make funky, cool noises, and yes. he does. <laughs> so, uh, uh, one side besides, we have this, this with a lineup of people. It's um, John Sturette, plays mm-hmm. bass. Jet Twee. Jet Koch, drummer. He is probably one of the best drummers you've ever seen. Uh, if you look it up, he's more, definitely most creative. Uh-huh. Even though you wouldn't know I was singing your record. <laughs> That's alright. Yeah, uh, Michael Jorgensen, he plays, you know, sounds and samples, keyboards, all that shit. Uh, Nels Khan, 
we just talked about, amazing guitar player, and Pat Sansone, who's a keyboard, he does all kinds of shit. And that's the current incarnation of Wilco, and has been since Sky Blue Sky. Okay. Um, and Sky Blue Sky is probably the most dad rock of the record you'll hear. Um, they have a, but the best, my, probably one of my favorite Wilco songs on the record, called uh, You Are My Face. It's great. Um, Wilco, the album came after that. It's called Wilco. Preferences the album. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's a ridiculous record. It's great, but there's songs on there. It's a, the song called Wilco the Song, uh-huh. and it's basically talking about the the whole thesis of this record is that records are important people, and so are bands. And I have a song that says like the Wilco the Song. This, the one of the lines is Wilco loved you, baby. <laughs> like like like, <laughs> like you know we're there for you, I guess. Right after Wilco the album comes the whole love, probably ranks up there in my liking mm-hmm. it's it's probably my ties with Yankee Top Foxtrot and my favorite vocal records I love the whole love it's got all good songs it's um it's got experimental but also catchy so it's all that going for it after that Star Wars came out Star Wars it was released um surprise release uh downloaded for free uh-huh. I got the vinyl because I'm that guy but, um, <laughs> but uh they da- you download it and it's a post-punk sort of like like jagged ragged beautiful record it is awesome. um it sounds like you're like where's Wilco to go after this and Wilco went and did Shmoko <laughs> <laughs> nothing like Star Wars um probably my least favorite of the Wilco records um because it just sounds like they didn't care <laughs> like, well yeah they were like Wilco Shmoko yeah, yeah, Shmoko, yeah they're like whatever I'm gonna take it to go and then Tw- that three years later, Oh Joy comes out, the newest one, and it sounds like they care again. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that they. I think they just didn't. They didn't care. It's like we have nothing to prove. I think we're Shmoko. Okay. But I think they sort of went made an effort to do something different with Oh Joy. Maybe they just had a different kind of uh, inspirational bug on this one. Yeah. Because it uh, sounds like what you were saying with Star Wars, they had kind of like a post-punk thing that they wanted to explore did Shmoko just like we don't know what we really want to do so we're just going to do something right and so uh between Shmoko and Ode to Joy uh Jetri used a, a solo record called Warm uh-huh which I love well Warm is and I think it wins a lot of sound in this new one he also released a book which is a kind of companion to Warm called Let's Go So We Can Get Back it is the best rock book I've ever read Really? Yeah. Um, I don't think you need, you need to like Wilco we'll to get something out of this book. Cool. Well, I might have um, to check it out or borrow it from you. Yeah, well, so I have it on Kindle. So you'll to... Give me your Kindle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I'm ready to show you a joy. You ready to listen? Yeah, I'm always ready. All right. Let's do this. If you guys want to uh, listen along, you can go ahead and pause this. It's on Spotify. Yeah, there'll be a Spotify playlist posted. Otherwise, listen to it and however you have access to it. Or, or you can buy it. Just do that. that too. Grab your own record. All Have right. your own record night. Get some beer. We'll be back. So that was Wilco's Ode to Joy. I I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a like they said you read very spacey. Um, yeah, it did see it. It kind of rode a mood or a vibe yeah, the whole yeah. time. It didn't. It didn't deviate too much from that vibe. Yeah, really. it didn't really like go too far, but yeah. it was I don't know. It was an interesting space to kind of employ and hang out in for a little bit so um i'm gonna try to go through it real quick um i do want to mention that jeff Weedy, uh he is sober um, okay was he having issues before yeah he uh he was addicted to pills uh around the time of he told foxtrot ghost is born mm-hmm. he went to rehab and after they just went he went full board no 
chemical straight. Well, good. Um, Congratulations, Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, he is an addict, though. So things he does, he does hardcore. Like, after he got done drinking and doing all the drugs and stuff like that, he uh, ran and got hairline fractures in both his legs. legs. Because he just ran so hard? Yeah, he's ran so much. Oh, my God. And he's like, yeah. I've heard of shin splints, yeah. but this is ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, I remember reading an interview, and he goes, and they go, really? He's like, yeah, once an addict, always an addict. And um, there's a real interesting line in the book that I read that says, um, so he went to rehab, and you go to rehab, um, like what he did is he was taking pills to get headaches. Right. And he couldn't, you know, write songs. And he would go to rehab and hear about people who, like, you know, their family killed themselves. And he's like, God, I feel like I'm a ruined dog. What am I going to say? I get sad sometimes. Yeah. And this uh, guy tells him, shut the fuck up. Our parent, we suffer no matter how we suffer. We all suffer the same. Right. And uh, I I sort of think about that when I'm feeling shitty about myself for feeling shitty. Right. <laughs> you know, I sort of think about, no, we all suffer. Just different ways. Like, it doesn't matter how we suffer. We still feel like shit. Exactly. So, but... You shouldn't base your suffering and sadness based on, on someone, someone else like the worthiness of your yeah, yeah. how you're feeling yeah, yeah. so um, yeah like when he said that he didn't feel worthy this, this dude got pissed at him for saying that like, like, like hey you're gonna feel like shit I'm gonna feel like shit we suffer the same and no matter what you're going through I'll be there for you but uh, uh, I wanna talk I guess I wanna hit like how I broadly feel about this okay, album yeah, and then we'll sure. break it down um, you had mentioned before in the past they'd done like dad rock shit yeah and I wrote down, like, I don't think this is dad rock, although I'd maybe try to show it to my dad. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's not going to freak him out. <laughs> right. Although it, did, it had moments in there, which it did a lot of, like, really cool stuff that yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, this is this is kind of what I've been wanting. But um, I think overall it was a pre- pleasant listen. Yeah, it's a pleasant it, listen. I don't think it was really breaking any, no. like, crazy new ground. Although... I feel like Wilco has the musicians to do it. Oh, yeah, like, they can. All the people within the band, like, they could make some just crazy out there fucked up the stuff. But it's interesting to see them kind of, like, rein it in yeah. and, like, put their spin on this kind of music. The best concert I've ever been to is Wilco. Like, oh, they are an amazing live band. Oh, I bet. And Nels Klein just, you give him the space to do whatever, and he's going to fucking leave your mouth open. Because that's what happened at least twice I've seen them with like, I went like, oh my fucking god, out loud! Like, right? Like, yeah. And I'll. Uh, he's in a couple of. Uh, he's in like a super group. Yeah. Called Big Walnuts Yonder. Okay. Um, which is really cool. He did an album with a guy I really like Zach Hill, okay. where it's like he's making fucked up noises and the drummer's just beating the fuck out of his drums. Speaking of fucked up noises, this this record had those fucked up noises, like but in the background, like you could hear like like a. A squeal. Yeah, they were like flavor. It was yeah. like somebody was putting a uh, fucked up noise like pepper yeah, yeah. on top of their meal. Bam. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Well, let's well, yeah, let's, let's break it down because you so, do first start to see that in uh, the first song, Bright Leaves. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, like a lot of songs this record, it's a thump, dump. Yeah. Thump. Like, it's, uh, there's not a whole lot of snare until like halfway through this record. There's not even really a whole lot of like drums. There yeah. was, when we get to it a yeah. little bit later, there was... Something I kept hoping would happen that it yeah. seemed like they were wanting to do, and then they just never did. So, um, uh, Brett Lee's is, um, when it comes to a traditional song structure, um, not really. Right. It just kind of went on. Uh, it's a slow burn, and you hear Jeff's mournful howl throughout right. it. Uh, ugly sounds permeate and build throughout it. Like, a lot of songs, they build a lot. Like, like just a little, little layer, just a little layer. Yeah, this one had some like really interesting, just kind of like sound inserts. Yeah, it was yeah. like you just get this weird, yeah. probably Mills Klein thing, yeah. and it's like, bah, 
<laughs> um, which that's always what I want bands to do. Yeah. Is like, you don't have to make something crazy or fucked up, but just like make it weird, make it interesting. Like, why am I listening to you if you're just going to sound like right. everybody else? And uh, I think Wilco does a really good job of like, well, here they are. Here's those little yeah. like sound inserts. Like you're listening to something that's a little bit more traditional, but then it's like, well, how about this? Like just, I think I wrote down palatable weirdness. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's weird, but you're not sitting there going like, listen to this weird <laughs> fucked up yeah. thing. It's just, a flavor it's there you don't have to um you don't have to worry about it or right like, you don't have to like you don't want to get distracted by it but it adds to it in the way that you're like okay you're settling in more exactly um and uh uh i'm a, my broad general feeling about this record is that um it's a grower on me okay um, i to grower not a shower yeah it's a show it it's taking a little bit but i find different parts of the songs or records just wiggling my way in their brain yeah and even if it's not a great song i still i still find it i'm like a lot of times i'll be like hold on baby i'll be in the car but like listen hold on and i hear part of song like okay (laughs) back to the conversation but um bright leaves it's um this whole record's pretty much quiet you know yeah um which is fine i like quiet records and this one this one was comforting on the plane when you're flying through the air peeing in the face of god right. <laughs> across the ocean um, um when they uh so track two is before us yeah. and the first thing i wrote down is uh-oh your alt country is showing yeah. <laughs> um yeah it it's kind of like the first song in the thump thump right but no s- sweeping things the sl- lap steel yeah oh yeah yeah that's the country part you hear about it a little like bit. it it sounds very country um it does a fun little thing that i love when lyrics do is like they'll repeat a lyric uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times and they repeat the lyric again the last time and they just like add something to it yeah. so it's like people who have come before people who have come before people who have come before uh, us and it's like oh well, i don't know why that impresses my, me so much one of my favorite it. things in this in that actual song before us was my i remember i mentioned i love the second verse uh it goes i remember when wars would end and he goes remember when wars would end yeah i uh, that was the part i wrote down as well just like yeah, yeah that's a that's a good ass line i yeah, think we yeah. both agreed yeah. out loud during the during the listen like that ah, was good that yeah, was good all right now was something that we try we try to kill it again which um uh, Jeff, he has moments when his lyrics aren't that great, and some when they're great. Mm-hmm. And right then, right there, I was like, "That's that's great." Yeah, I it's think, like, all right, there's yeah. some good lyrics on here. Um, and his lyrics over time, like it, it's weird. Each record has a different motif, sort of. Like for example, um, a lot of uh, Yankee Doodle Foxtrot was just like non sequiturs, like shit. Right, doesn't make sense. And uh. And then he came back and he started doing lyrics that do make sense, kind of like uh-huh. like these. None of these are less of weak. He's not talking about hanging around someone blue jean eyes or some shit like that. <laughs> like, Although there were, there is a point later on where it's like if you read some of this stuff literally and yeah. like don't think about it too much, it's like what? Yeah, yeah. So, but here he's more straightforward with his lyrics, and they don't. And a lot of times it's like it's pretty general stuff, like you know, he has a wife, right? Okay. <laughs> um, she's sixty-one, by the way. He's fifty-one. That sounds like a big difference, right? Not really. Um, but it, I think I once you hit a certain age, it doesn't yeah, matter too much. Yeah, it doesn't, right? So, um, before us, uh, pleasant song. Yeah, uh, it was fine. Yeah. I think this album really picks up in the middle for yeah. me. So, next one is One and a Half Stars. Right, and that's exactly what most people rate our podcast yeah. out of 100. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, I really like, in this one, you can really see the... You said the drummer was really good. And yeah. You can really see his creativity and how uh-huh. he plays in this one, because it's... it's Pretty straightforward, but 
each little verse or something like that, he starts adding in more things. You can he, tell his sense of rhythm is really, really good. Oh yeah. Throughout the whole record, you're like, like I, I don't like he has these drums that sound loose. It's not like you detune them, and he's still hitting it perfectly. On oh rhythm. yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck is he doing that? <laughs> um, the the snare does show up in one and a half stars. Right. Sure. This is where it starts to show up, but even then, it doesn't show up until like three verses yeah. in. Yeah. And so what I thought about when I heard the song is it sounds like a song off Warren. Just so okay. like earlier, I felt like this could have, this fit on there fine. So this song was actually where I started to notice that thing that I wanted to happen, which I wish, like these songs all seem to be building, uh-huh. and I almost want them to build into kind of these like cool jams. Yeah. Like they've got some really cool like chord structures. They're starting to get some really cool textures. The drums are starting to build, yeah. but then they all just kind of like fizzle out. And it's like, I would love if they just sat there and kind of played around with the chords a little bit. Like, you don't need to do like a 20 minute long jam or something, but like do like a minute or two where you just kind of, you play around in the space a little bit, but it it seems like as soon as Jeff Tweedy's done singing, he's like, okay, you guys need to stop now. (laughs) So one of the things I actually liked about this song is the second verse, Mm -hmm. um, things like they took the bass out and it's just the drums and guitar. Yeah. It's kind of twinkly, I guess the best way to put it, like kind of jangly. And then it builds back in. I actually liked what the second verse did when it, it, it kept you on your toes. You're like, okay, it's... it's Right. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines from this is, there's no mother like pain. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was a pretty cool line. Yeah, there's some... Th- this whole album has some really good lyrics on it. Yeah. Uh, and now we get the quiet amplifier. Which um, I really like this one because it kind of has almost like a driving beat to it. Like, it's not like a rocker mm-hmm. song, but it's like you get this like one note just bass pattern that's yeah. going along with what the drums it, are doing it but gets it's more just, lush throughout it too. yeah you just yeah. got this forward momentum yeah, to yeah. it that i really likes um uh i i put in here comes in thump thump right? <laughs> <laughs> oh you got the double thump on and that you one you get the mournful pedal steel uh yeah this one was actually my favorite on the uh the first, first side one. of this album okay. and um Actually, I think my first, my favorite was actually the next one. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, this song, uh, it also ends in a really cool way where they keep building all these sounds up and it gets more lush, more lush, uh-huh. and then it just ends with, okay, guitar, everything drops out suddenly and just the guitar's playing the pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really liked. But they, <laughs> before everything drops out, you get this, like, I wrote, like, a pleasant screeching feedback. <laughs> like, somehow he made this screeching feedback sound just work. It was almost like violin-like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Evo, kind of. Right, but yeah. if you're... I mean, wait till we get to Lightning Bolt for screeching feedback. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I really, really like this song as far as the first half of the album goes. Okay, and so we get to the first single off this record. Um, everyone, oh, this was the single. Oh, Everyone Hides is the single. Next okay. Time. And that has a driving rhythm. It's immediately pleasant. And Nell shows up quite a bit. And this is the one that everyone Right, hides. this one had a really good line about, like... Uh, we remember where the bodies are buried, but yeah. we can't remember where we buried the mines. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, that's a cool line. Yeah. Cool line. All right. Yeah, good job, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I, I This song is immediately like sort of like you can sort of nod your head to it. It's a one if it if it, now the way it ends is not radio friendly. Right. But the rest of it is. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I like uh, I like putting this in the I like I like the, the, that's probably the first song I noticed off the, the noticed like noticed off right. this record. This uh, one, I honestly didn't have too much to say about it besides it sounds like a broken social scene song. <laughs> yeah, I get I that. Could, yeah, yeah. I couldn't name the exact song yeah. if it even sounds like one, but it was like if this showed up on a broken social scene album, be like, oh yeah, it's that broken social Cause scene song. Time or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is my favorite broken social scene yeah, song. It's a good song, right? It's great. Um, so uh, then we get to the second side. 
Mm-hmm. It was, starts out with the white wooden cross, which I I really liked this one. Um, which you, the title alone uh, brings up thoughts of my drive here oh, because yeah. on the path I take, there's a church that has just the biggest whitest wooden cross <laughs> in its yard. Like it's fucking. I think it's hiding a like cell phone tower <laughs> yeah. in it, but it's just like holy shit. Yeah. So uh, I uh, it starts out kind of dad rocky. Yeah. But happy but sad at the same time, which is a lot of this record. Like, a lot of this record is happy but sad. Right. Um, uh, non-traditional structure. And it, the lyrics sort of are interesting in the way that he brings up, like, thoughts and prayers. Like, sort of like how I don't stand for that. I stand for everyone, not just right. not the people who are hurt. Not just that. And, you know, it's in the, he says he, he, you know. The horn for the band, two song for the band, basically. Right. And uh, it was our hit song. I, I, mean, I don't have much to about White Wooden Cross. I like, think this one was a really good one as far as like almost like cruising songs. Like oh, yeah. I've noticed, like I don't know, you're going on a long drive, you see one of those like roadside memorials where yeah. somebody kind of hammered their makeshift cross into the ground, and yeah. then it gets you thinking about mortality while yeah, you're like just the, cruising to work or something sort of like, like that. how you'd feel if someone else left you. Like, like, exactly, or yeah. even just, like, driving along a road, and it's just, like, having to see this cross of, that's supposed to represent someone important to you. is like, like, I've thought about that stuff Yeah, before. yeah, like, like, a lot of times, like, you know, I'm an anxious person, so right. yeah, I can get into a cycle of, like, horrible things that could <laughs> right. happen in my life uh and so that brings us to citizens another thump thump song yep it's, but also very briefly at the beginning yeah it's all country vibes yeah. to sh- like a little bit i think it might just be like some lap steel or something in there or no it's the riff they play is yeah. like uh this could turn into some like a sturgill simpson song and <laughs> yeah. then it turns into a wilco so it's, song it's, it's sparse lyrics in this but that they are surprisingly poignant like for example he talks about pine box uh uh-huh. and then uh you know stopping clocks it was sort of like do we rot in the ground or is it an afterlife why can't it be both right yeah this this song did make me realize that maybe homonyms don't work super well in music because <laughs> one of the lines is careless or it's two lines one is careless and the other is careless oh, but yeah. he says them both the same so it's like I'm reading the lyrics going like oh <laughs> but then I'm listening to the music going like you just said the same thing twice <laughs> so it's like unless you're reading along like I was um, it's like uh, you're not really going to pick up on it yeah so that was Citizens well uh, this song uh, also I felt like they could have jammed out at the end yeah but instead of like letting the music speak for itself this was in the lyrics it said white lies times 14 and it's like that's you it. don't you don't need to sing it 14 yeah. times just sing it twice and let the band like let the band do some stuff yeah. like and speaking, you're sitting there repeating white lies over and over again speaking of bands uh doing stuff he finally let them do something and we were lucky exactly which actually is i wrote was my new favorite and, and i liked uh quiet amplifier well enough but this one i was like all right this is my favorite song on this album and, uh the all the all the all the verse also I want to go through real quick. So yeah, it starts out thumped up. It's a love song, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you think at first, and so you think the first verse is sort of about falling in love. Second verse is about performing because he talks about the auditorium. The third one is is different. Is taught you think he's maybe talking about traveling or leaving behind that those things that he loves, right? Because he doesn't talk about how lucky he is to be doing this. He just sort of like just this, you know, right? And then the fourth one, the road of life, three mountains. Three mountains, I'm thinking, are his two sons and his wife. 
Okay. Yeah. You're reading way into it. Yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, I know about that. Like, <laughs> that's right. That's what we're that's what we're here and to do. And then after that, the, the, between the third and fourth verse, uh, Ned Nels gets to squiggle out a bit, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he, well, he shows his uh, strength. Yeah, the first first solo shows up like exactly at the midpoint of yeah. the song. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Like, it wasn't. It was a pretty cool guitar solo, but it was pretty out there. Mm-hmm. But oh, it yeah. still really matched with the vibe of the song and even the second solo was more disjointed more jagged and it still was like very on on vibe on point for the song and i really liked it i liked how this record that last song especially deconstructed a bit like that last song it it uh it fell apart and then it ended boom it ended like 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 as in like everyone knew to stop him but it was already falling going outside the lines of the right this one kept doing like it would build up, build up, build up, build up, drop out. Now he's doing a verse. Right. <laughs> and then it would build up, build up, build up, build up, drop out. And now he's doing another verse. Like, I really liked those, like, uh, the rises and falls in the music. And so now we get the loves everywhere beware. Now, this record, this is the first song that I've heard off this record because it was a single. Okay. I This was the one I wrote. Like, if I had to guess, this would be the single. So I'm going to read you what Jeff said about this song. Okay. Before. So he goes, love conquers all, but not when it's used as a sedative, right? I worry that I'm often comfortable and placated by my ability to recognize and feel the love that already exists around me. What I see in myself and others is a struggle with summon sufficient outrage to act and then retreat into the illusion that the love that exists will eventually triumph, but it won't. For a love to triumph, I believe we're duty-bound to create more of it and for more people. People we don't know and people we don't even like. And it takes courage I always have. That song is a reminder... To myself, to act with more love and courage and less outrage and, and that size fear. And, I mean, this song, it, it says love is everywhere, but <laughs> if you really get to the point of it, uh, in the last chord, of course, and it says, with right now, I'm frightened how. Like, yeah. like, like, to me, this, like, it sounds like really hippy-dippy in the name of this song. Right. But it's really not. It's more of just sort of like, can I bring myself to... To bring this, I guess, love, I guess that's the way to put it. Right, well, that's that's where you get the little uh, parenthesis in the title. It's love is everywhere, parentheses, beware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually really like that, the juxtaposition of that yeah. last, like, the chorus built on it, and it's a little different each time, and it sort of hammers home that last one. Like, um... I liked the guitar line in this yeah. a lot. Like, it, it seemed, like, easy and flowy, but I bet that's really hard to play oh yeah yeah there's yeah. tons of stuff i'm like i could do that i'm like could i yeah probably not <laughs> and so yeah this was the this was a single uh it's it's definitely one i could show my mom or dad oh yeah the whole record is but a lot of it's really weird in if in the sense of a actual record itself like in, in the whole piece right it's a strange one yeah um and after that we have two more songs yep hold me anyway is the 10th one yeah um which I like what he did in this one where he would use a metaphor and then kind of explain what he means by it, which yeah. you think would lose the uh, appeal, yeah, yeah, the impact or the appeal of a metaphor. But I feel like in lesser hands, if somebody was just like, I'm a hologram, you'd be like, will you shut up? <laughs> like, I, I feel like he's getting really close to like saying things that people would be like, oh my God, that's so deep. And then he's kind of... Ex- explaining why it is a good metaphor which 
I think works and doesn't lessen the impact, yeah. and it makes it so it doesn't sound cheesy. So this is a weird thing because there's four verses, then it does the chorus three t- three yeah. more times. So no more verses, like like yeah, it's just like, like here's your here's your four verses, and then here's your three choruses. Yeah. Um, I the thing I thought in the chorus is that they have that the first line, and then it goes into no, I think it's poetry and magic. That the, right when I heard that, I'm like this sounds Beatlesque, like right away. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that sort of like sort of speeds up a little bit. It's like mm-hmm. it changes direction, I guess. That's way I put it. Yeah, I feel like the instrumental part of it still stays the same though yeah. like the i like the way that the vocal lines the, the change pattern, as much yeah, as the they do was good. Um, uh, but the, he did say uh the fuck word yeah oh yeah yeah and so uh, yeah it freaked my me mom's, the fuck out too, my right? mom's not gonna let me listen to this <laughs> album anymore uh, i remember i was listening to it uh on the train i'm like did you just say the f word like did you just say the fuck word just now okay i yeah. didn't expect it because only curse one of the records the fuck word yeah he said, well he says damn too oh yeah so my mom will doubly not let me listen to this album i, I like told me anyways quite a bit oh yeah, yeah that was a good one and then the last well, last one um uh, an empty corner. Yeah, which the lyrics don't say a lot. He opens with drugs. Oh, I know. Oh my god! <laughs> Eight tiny lines of cocaine on a printer. <laughs> yeah, it, it does paint some vivid pictures. Yeah. This was the one where I was saying, um, where like lyrics, where if taken literally, would be like, "What the? Oh fuck? yeah, like shaving my eyes. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I wrote. My eyes yeah. needed a shave. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what that means to me. I like, think it just means he looks tired. Okay, or yeah. like. Kind of, oh, kind of like a five o'clock shadow. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's like my eyes needed a shave. Either his eyes are getting hairy, or he's gonna cut his eyes. And it's like, ew, dude. So <laughs> I like this record quite a bit. Um, I need some more listens for me to become like in the canon to sort of read it. Oh, but, you're not you're not willing to read it yet. Not yet. Not oh yet. Oh my god. I know what we do, but uh, I I really enjoyed it, and um, and, yeah, I liked it. I I thought it was a an interesting uh, Wilco album, and I'm. I mean, I'm always down to listen to more Wilco. Yeah. We, we probably will. <laughs> so, uh, so, what do you have for me? I have... Oh, why don't you give me another beer real quick? Oh, yeah, I can yeah, grab let's... another one. Yeah. Uh... Thanks, pal. You still want the same thing? Yeah, you Good, because that's what you're getting. Uh, they have jam band in there if you want that, too. No, no, no. This is the official beer of, the, of the this podcast. episode. Okay. So, the reason... The reason I picked this one, mm-hmm. not only because I like Lightning Bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, give me a little uh, info on them. I'm not yeah, well, let me let me tell you why I picked it first. Um, I read that the Wilco album, just kind of reading through reviews, they were like, oh, they kind of, like, they had space. It was a yeah. little slower. They, they just kind of let the album breathe a little bit. So I was like, oh, cool, new Lightning Bolt album. They don't let you breathe at all. <laughs> there are a... A lot of people would call them, like, math rock, but I think they fit more comfortably into kind of, like, a noise rock thing. Okay. Like, they're still playing, like, really cool, really interesting stuff. Right. Um, but I don't think they're trying to really uh, do crazy stuff on the instruments. That's just okay. how they play. Where are they from? They're from Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. Um, they're very, very, uh, like, DIY, I guess. Like, okay. They do, their, they do their own covers. They typically record their own stuff, but... Also, just as a, for comparison's sake, look at the cover of the Wilco album. Yeah, it's just basically yeah. t- like, like a... Yeah, a white shape. Like an like old television, maybe? Yeah. And then look at the cover of Sonic Citadel. Jesus, fuck. It's so just layered and uh, dense with stuff. Um, but they're, they're just very loud, very noisy. Um, I think... As far as, like, 
punk rock and mm-hmm. like punk rock ethos goes, I think you can find more of that in uh, noise rock and kind of experimental stuff like this than you can in punk music now. Okay. Which is like, I feel like this is, this is very punk, even though like it's not really recognizable as a punk album. You know, like over the years, punk has more become of an attitude. Uh, more of like an idea than yeah, than but I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of people still misunderstand the punk attitude. Like if oh, if right. I were to ask you like, what is what's punk mean? I've heard someone ask it before, and they're always like, it means not giving a fuck, and that's not it. No, like, it means giving a fuck extra hard, yeah, yeah. so much so that you form a band so you can talk about political so, stuff. I want to mention something real quick. So Fugazi instrument is also a great documentary instrument, uh-huh. great documentary, sort of not traditional, but there's an example. Um, they were asking people on the ticket line uh, why the why uh, Fugazi's last record was better, and this guy goes, "This guy goes, it's more punk." And the cameraman goes, "What does punk mean?" He goes, "Means out going out, not giving a shit, just playing good music." I was like, "This guy doesn't know what punk means." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or what, what I consider punk, at least the scene I grew up in. Yeah, because um, to me, I don't know what. It was like 20, 30 years ago. But the punk I grew up in was socially conscious punk. It yeah, meant, exactly. It meant caring a lot. And saying, not going out, not giving a fuck. Uh, I could say that about like traditional you know, traditional structure, you know, nuclear family, America type uh, like right. structure. But giving a fuck. I give a fuck it's still that. subversive, but yeah. even then you still give a fuck yeah. about breaking those traditional rules. And you go like, back in music before punk, like, for example, when Bob Dylan went electric and yeah. told his band to play it fucking loud while the audience was booing him, that's punk rock to me. Right. Um, so to me, like... Man, any reason to talk about know, Bob right? Dylan. I know, but, but listen, <laughs> there's a, a record, uh, there's a live album, 1966, uh, that you can hear him say to his band off mic, from the mic, consider you... Right. If we're in the last song, like Rolling Stone, when people call him Jews, he goes, play it fucking loud. Nice. And then he just goes to it. And I, every time I say it, I get goosebumps because <laughs> it's so fucking badass to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he's, say, he's saying, fuck all this. Like, the, this is what I'm doing. You can yeah. leave. You pay. You gave him your money. Right. <laughs> but uh, this, is, this is what Bob Dylan is. Yeah. So with Lightning Bolt. <laughs> yeah, Lightning Bolt, sorry. There, uh, so it's two dudes. Mm-hmm. It's the two Bryans. It's Brian Gibson on bass. Uh-huh. Uh, which his setup's really cool. He's just got a fucking just wall of amplifiers. Is Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? If Are they loud? They're loud. It is the closest I've been, uh-huh. uh, I imagine, to being in a riot. <laughs> wow. Like, I thought I was going to fucking die. Were you scared? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was so fucking cool. It's still one of the best concerts I've ever what, been what's, to. What's the most scared you've ever been in a concert? I can tell you mine. Uh... Lightning bolt. Okay. Like I thought, like I legitimately thought, like I was gonna get hurt. Although I did, I got hurt at a Melvin's concert once, and I've got a scar on my hand to prove it because I got shoved into a nail because people oh, were moshing shit. during a slow song. Oh, dude, I can't fucking stand that. Dude. Oh, like, it drives me crazy. People mosh when they shouldn't, or bands that aren't mosh worthy, they mosh to. You're like, why? Yeah, please stop. <laughs> so two things, two my two real quick. Uh-huh. Um, uh I saw Converge once. Okay, I've seen them too. Yeah, uh, it's weird how violent their music is. And how also Jacob Band, the lead singer, is like, thanks for making this real positive experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I got scared because I was close to the pit. I'm like, fuck, okay. When they started with Concubine, uh-huh. I moved as far away as I could. Uh, I wanted to, they opened for, I think it was 
Mastodon and Deathclock, and I didn't want to move because yeah. I had front row seats, but I got shoved so hard yeah. into the barrier during yeah. that concert uh-huh. that I had to move back. Okay. Like, I, I that was pretty scary, too. I thought I was going to, like, break my pelvis or okay. something because of how hard I was getting shoved. The other one is not scary at all, not because of the music, but because uh, people wanted to trample people when Cody and Cambria came on oh stage. I was at the very front, and I was pinned between the barrier and uh, the security guards had to pull me out because it was a free. I was like, it seriously hurt. Oh, my God. I uh, remember getting out drenched in sweat like, fuck this, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I stayed, watched them play in QB, QB Secrets. Uh, three, I saw their first song and I was there, I heard the song I wanted to hear. I'm like, I'm going home. Yep, time to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, like that wasn't fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, the best concert I said to have been to is Wilco. Wilco, or this is me, date me. I saw Thursday and Thrice together. Okay. And that was incredible. I remember my girlfriend was mad because I I just I went all around the cloud left her alone. <laughs> uh, I think my best concert I've been to was either Battles or it was Secret Chiefs 3 opening up for Melvin's. Because oh, it was like these two bands were doing two separate tours mm-hmm. and they both happened to like just meet up in Colorado. Oh, that's cool. And we're like, well, yeah, let's just do a show together here. And then they went off on their own tours after that. that. Oh, so, so you, get that, like, you get that one together. That once-in-a-lifetime experience, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so two Brian's. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Gibson on bass, which I've heard he also just strings, like, banjo strings on it so okay. he can get some, like, higher notes on his stuff, but also just wall of amps, bunch of effects. Usually it's, like, a bunch of distortion pedals okay. and then, like, two whammy pedals. Okay, wow. And then the drummer... Uh, who he just, it's a normal drum kit, playing mm. fucking crazy. Um, but he has this, it almost looks, it's a homemade, like, luchador mask, basically, okay. that he put the receiver of an old telephone in as the microphone that he then runs through effects. So he sings while, it, sings in big <laughs> quotes, uh, while he drums, yeah. and he really likes the sound of, like, having to struggle to sing what he's singing yeah. while he's playing drums. Oh, so that it's, sounds... it's all just super chaotic, yeah. super noisy, but he runs it through, like, loop pedals and stuff, yeah. so it's like... You'll hear some stuff in here that you're like, oh, is he playing a synth? So how many how many guys are in this band? Two. Oh, so it's just a bass player it's and a drummer. Just a bass player and a drummer. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it does not sound like it, let yeah. me tell you. Like it, it sounds like there's a bunch of fucking dudes in here. Um so on this album and their last album, they finally started getting like going into studios and mm-hmm. actually doing production stuff, like yeah. a little less DIY. So you the like quality of the sound on their stuff, I think, really enhances what okay. they sound like. Because their old stuff was super super noisy and very diy so they were just kind of like oh, i don't really feel like sitting down and recording a whole album yeah or i mean maybe they did yeah but it, it all just it sounds very loose and it sounds very noisy and kind of amateurish but now that they've got studio sounds like it sounds really rich and really nice which mm-hmm. you'll you'll hear on this one um but i think right off the bat uh the first song is called blow to the head <laughs> which uh I think is the perfect segue into uh, how I think this is going to sound after listening to that Wilco album. (laughs) Uh, But it's awesome. They also, um, they went a little simpler on this one. This one kind of going back to the punk thing, like it kind of has just kind of like a punk vibe to it. It's like they, they don't go as complicated. They are a little bit more melodic. Sure. But uh yeah, I'm excited for you to listen to this. So right. feel free to pro- pause it here and listen to what's coming up from Lightning Bolt. All right, let's do it. Okay, so that and was what? Lightning that, Bolt. No, Sonic Citadel by Lightning Bolt. Okay. Wow. Okay, so uh, my general thoughts is um, 
So, compared to the last record, the Hulk record, <laughs> yep. they really give themselves time to rock out the end of each song. It's like the lyrics they got out of the way first, and then they just fucking went into it. Exactly. I mean, they even have a couple of songs on here that are, uh, like, improv songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. I I feel like when we talk about it, uh, maybe I'm projecting my complaints onto you, <laughs> but... Um, you you really start to feel when it's like oh this is an improvised yeah. song versus this was one that they worked on. So uh, after knowing that this band is just two people, they sound like it sounds like a full band. It's a lot. It sounds like it's yeah. a lot of people. And for every sure. song has dimensions. Yeah. Um, like uh, different parts to it. Like like they're like even the songs that you know like looking at it like in the lyrics online, if you look up a song that has lyrics, those have question mark. Yeah, there were the, there were some songs in here that just had improvised lyrics. Yeah, like yeah. he was just kind of singing along because he was really feeling it. And the last one was the last song. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So starting out with a uh, blow the head. Oh, were, actually, before oh. we before we start getting into the stuff, there were a couple of things. Okay, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the history of stuff. Um, the bass player is actually a uh, a game designer, uh-huh. and he worked on the game Thumper. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is it's on Switch. It's on. It's on everything. Yeah. If you have not played Thumper, yeah. you 100% need to play Thumper. Okay. It is one of the best just like rhythm games I've ever played. Okay. You're playing as like a scarab beetle that's going on like a cosmic highway against this big bad boss called Crackhead. It's like a rhythm game. But so it's, it's better than DK Bongos? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as much as I love uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat and yeah. all that stuff, like Thumper is amazing okay. and the visuals are super cool. Uh while reading the liner notes while we were listening through it, I didn't realize Lightning Bolt had been together for 25 years. Oh, man, that's crazy. And they've more or less been doing this so very similar kind of music been for around 25 as long years. As been around. Exactly. <laughs> Just making a shitload of noise. And yeah, um, they are a quintessential noise rock band, but like, again, noise rock is so all encompassing. But if someone said, What's noise rock? I'd say, Lightning Bolt's noise rock. Yeah. Um, they had a song on. Uh, the animation domination block of Fox. Oh, really? Like it's like their transition songs, like that. It shows up, and I remember hearing it one time. I was like, "Wait, is that fucking lightning bolt <laughs> on Fox? Yeah. That's weird." Um, but they, I mean, they make a lot of noise for just two dudes, yeah. as you were mentioning. It's yeah. only two dudes. Um, there's a story apparently where uh, Steve Albini, the record producer, said oh. the best alarm clock he's ever had was Lightning Bolt playing on his front porch. <laughs> like they just set up like some weird guerrilla DIY show just on his front porch and played a set, and he was like, "This is fucking cool." Steve Albini is cool. I love Steve yeah. Albini. Okay, so now we can break into it. Okay, so the first song is "Boy the Head," and you're right. After listening, woke up that was a boy the head. It was. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's wild. It's and I was. Really surprised to hear melody in the singing. This is kind of where it started was on this album. Yeah. Before it was just kind of like shouting and chanting. Yeah. But this album has a lot of melody to it. Um, uh, I remember, wow, this is a bass. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, I think this song might be the best opening for any of their albums. Yeah. Uh, this or either the Metal East, which is another, which is on their previous record. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a bop. And I didn't realize just how politically charged this album yeah, when, yeah. I was, when I was when I was listening to it. Blow the Head is definitely a political song. It's a warning to, you know, current readers about what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a there's a vocally uh there's a vocal solo yeah. at the end of this. They're they're kind of sprinkled throughout this whole album, but yeah, it's like hey, he's just like 
yelling through uh, this, distortion and stuff. This song really showcases how much of incredible musicians they are. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the like they were like, okay, let's just showboat, show you how fucking awesome we are in these right? instruments. And, and this song has kind of like a weird little like breakdown thing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, you know, I had no clue what to expect, and this is completely different than what I expected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's bizarre, man. It's, I was I was stoked wild. that you had never heard Lightning Bolt because it's it's one of those that it's like, it's like being splashed with cold water. Kind <laughs> of. Just like I have no idea what to expect, and just like, Poosh. all right. Uh, uh, USA is a psycho, keeping with politically, conscious. yeah, politically about, charged. It seems lyrics. like most about climate change. Yeah, yeah that's there's what from, yeah. there's climate change. There's a lot of like uh, pollution, um, like basically saying. If you don't stop fucking up the planet, this is going to happen. You know? Yeah, and then just kind of like blaming other people. What was the what was the lyric on that one? It was, um, uh, y- hey, you and me are not to blame. Oh no, it's all the rest who are the shame. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, especially as far as like climate change goes, it's or like vote or who we voted in, maybe. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's just like no, you. Yeah, this shit's happening, and it's kind of everybody's fault. You've got plastic in your blood. Oh yeah, I said, um, like, like, and the waters are rising, but you keep on dancing. I mean, I was just nodding my head to all the song, just like as much like like as chaotic as it as chaotic as it got. There's still like a, a you know nod your head to this. Yeah, and as far as like quoting other songs goes, uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you heard it, but he goes. Ooh ee, ooh ah ah, <laughs> and he keeps doing that, which is like that what a ting tang wall wall of bing bang song. He's yeah. like, "Are you seriously quoting this song?" But that was awesome, yeah. and then it leads into air um, conditioning. Air conditioning. Now, uh, with the, while the song is itself is about greed, it uh-huh. sounds like an eighties hardcore song. That's what I got from it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, maybe a crossover thrash, but like <laughs> it was the most simple song, but it's still fucking rocked hard. Um, it has solo with a fucking bass in it. Like, yep. Yeah, there was a so this is I think the first time a solo shows up in this record. As far yeah, as far as like bass solos goes. And uh, I I don't know if, uh, this is just me, but I caught um the vocals sort of. I don't know if you anyone knows what I'm talking about. When I see it's been called Ramshackle Glory. Ramshackle Glory. Yeah. I don't think I've and, ever heard of them. Yeah, they're some folk punk band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the, the lyrics and the vocal pattern in this remind me sort of of a. One of the song of theirs, but um, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. This, I mean, it was all about greed on this one. You've got, I mean, just the thesis statement of "cause you are your stuff." Yeah, yeah. I love the lyric. So he kind of does this. Um, all the lyrics are kind of like four syllables, and yeah. at a certain point, he's just kind of like listing yeah. things. And one point is like that pool infinity, like <laughs> an infinity pool. I thought that was really funny. But then there's one part that really stood out to me where he says breakfast for dinner. And I didn't realize breakfast for dinner was bougie shit. I thought that was something that was kind of for poor people. I thought that was poor people shit because I grew up uh, eating yeah, breakfast for yeah, dinner. Yeah, I fucking love eggs for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, really? Breakfast for dinner is well, I'm bougie. Thinking, I think sure. what they're saying is that compared to the rest of the world, like we get to choose what we have. You know? I guess I could see that. Yeah, like yeah. the choosing like... Like if you want fresh dinner, why the fuck not? We can we have all the food in the world, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's what I kind of got from that. No, I definitely get that. I think you so, explained that. And then we get to Husker don't Husker don't. Um, which now, I was I was actually super stoked that this one was on here. This was part of why I brought it. Was it's a silly song. It's a silly song with like mostly the name itself yeah. was like actually I don't think this song. I think this might be one of the more serious songs on the album. Oh, you think so? 
Yeah, okay, explain, I, explain to me what you think. So. so I mean, this one, despite its sound, is kind of like it's kind of like a classic punk sound. Uh-huh. I think it feels very kind of straightforward. You've got a few yeah, chords I get on that, it. Yeah, the drummer shows off his drumming in this. Yeah, yeah, but I think this song is written as like I think it's written for the drummer's son. Okay. At least that's kind of what it feels like. It's a song about like what happens when I die. Here's some life advice. Like this is the song he is leaving behind for whoever he leaves behind yeah, I got when a he different, dies. I got a different vibe from this. Really? I, I, I th- like, it talks about time travel and dinosaurs and shit like that. Well, his son's very young. Okay. He's okay. Got, I, I follow him on Instagram, oh, so it's kind of like okay. I know a decent amount about so his life. So is that Pod's going to be following him after that's where we Oh, record? for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it as the vibe I got from it was definitely like, hey, I'm going to die someday and you can't come with me. But um, here's what you could do. Yeah, you don't be a minotaur trapped in a maze. Like, do what you want to do, and maybe at some point you can build a time machine and we can go back in time. And I love the imagery, though. Fuck I, around. Yeah, I love that imagery. That yeah. Gave. It was really... Yeah, now I think that's really kind of sweet. Yeah, it definitely... <laughs> this song feels like a... Like, yeah, there's uh, there's the part where he says a booba, yeah. which is... Uh, uh, Korean for piggyback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says it in my lyrics. I don't know if you saw it. Didn't see down there. It didn't see down there. When I looked at it, like the the lyric answer, I was like, "That's fucking weird." Yeah. So I I don't know. I got vibes of just like what you leave behind when yeah. you die. Uh, and then we get into big, big banger. banger. It's banger. It's a banger yeah. for sure. Uh, this song I think sounds the closest to like if I were to describe lightning bolt to somebody, uh-huh. I'm bad with words and describing so, things. But yeah, this curious. song. This song sounds like if I were to describe Lightning Bolt, what they think Lightning Bolt would sound like. Okay, well, uh, I remember I wrote down it's a banger. I wrote down real dimension because this oh, sound yeah. has a lot of dimension. Uh, they let you know when parts of the song like like yeah. show it's a, it, one it's a full piece, but the, that it changes drastically. And this is the first song with uh, improvised lyrics. Okay, yeah, that, that's true because which is going to be a theme after the next song. Yeah, so um, which really, uh, this. This song has a breakdown. I mentioned it before, called uh-huh, yeah. a song called "The Metal East," uh-huh. which is the opener on uh, their previous album, "Fantasy Empire." Okay. Um, there's a breakdown in here where it's like I think he's quoting or hinting at the baseline in that song, okay. which is really cool. It's kind of like ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah. ding, and that's what the whole "Metal East" song is based around. So I wrote, um, this really lets you hear the unorthodox way the music is made. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, just the hearing how it's made, like, the, they're playing it, it's written probably in a totally foreign way than mm-hmm. accustomed to writing songs or hearing them. I think, as far as I remember, like, going through interviews and stuff, the way they write their stuff is they all just kind of start off as, like, improv jams. Sure. And then it slowly develops into actual songs, which... Is a thing they still keep up. There are at least two on this album that stand out, but they just do like jam tracks. Yeah. yeah. Which they've done before, which is like, oh, here's like a nine minute long track where we just kind of, we fuck around, we do our stuff. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, there's no way they're going to put this on their set list, right? Like, like, because it's, it's all over the place and it's just, they're just jamming. Yeah. This song, I don't think was an improvised song completely, No, yeah, but definitely... it does lead us into Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. Right, which, <laughs> before the song even started, I wrote underrated Halloween movie. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, as far as anthology, fil- like, how Halloween should have gone is it mm-hmm. should have turned into an anthology thing. I oh, think yeah. there shouldn't have been, Hall- Halloween 2 should have been... The end? 
no, Halloween 1 should have been the end of Michael Myers, and then they should have done, 2 should have been an anthology movie, 3 should have been, like, they should have started changing it. What about the newest Halloween? Look, I love that movie. (laughs) Okay. And I think that's a really cool idea, but as far as, like, the legacy of Halloween goes, like, I think Halloween 1... Three and the latest one yeah. are the only good ones. Yeah, that's good. that's good. That's a fair fair. But one. you got H two O, you got Resurrection, H2O you got Curse so of bad. Michael Myers, you got uh, you got all those movies. I think that there's are... one that was just released on video, right? I don't. I think the Curse of Michael Myers just a video. Release. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like they they did some interesting stuff, but it should it should have been an anthology thing. And I'm I'm sorry, I am. I wrote on my thing, <laughs> don't talk too much about anthology <laughs> movies, because I wanted to talk about so, the I, Halloween movie. I, um, but I guess this song was actually a live staple for years, at least a little bit of it, at least according to like Instagram and uh, Facebook comments, because somebody was like, oh my god, you finally put Halloween 3 on, on an album, that's really cool. Yeah, this song, I felt like it was, uh, it's relentless, like, like mm-hmm. at this point, we just keep going, 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 and it's, it's pulling you in a good way right yeah uh, i think this was an improv track yeah okay. like based on the length and kind of like it does kind of seem to not fall apart but it it meanders a bit De- deconstructs a bit yeah yeah after a after a while um but this is also the last song last track for three songs that has official lyrics yeah, to it <laughs> i said they get to their lyrics out of the way and they they can rock and they do yeah they rock and they rock and then they find they get to dun henley in the park Oh yeah, Don which Henley is, in the park, which is like it's just a kind of twinkly, kind of like like yeah. like. This is the seventh track on here, and it's like a, it's a break from the noise. It's a short reprieve. Yeah, you, it's, but it, it's not even really like. And the only uh, ways you can hear her when he says starts out with Don Henley in the park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like oh, I understand that part. Yeah. Um, but the song's not like a filler track. No, like no, a lot it's of not. like break tracks do kind of seem like filler tracks, and this is just—it's really cool. You get a break from the I noise. Think... It's a little more melodic, but you still get kind of like those interesting drum breaks. I was—I um, think that's some of my biggest um, points about some records. They have that break track or that noise track where nothing really happens. Yeah, it's just sort of separating it, and a lot of times it doesn't work. You know, like it's like they made this in the studio. Like, I kind of want to keep it. Yeah, it's nothing you'd go back and visit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it works in the context of a whole album, but, but it's like... this record doesn't have any of that. No. Uh, <laughs> but also the track is in reference to Don Henley from the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. The famous drummer and singer and inventor of a shirt. Oh, yeah. The Henley. <laughs> oh, the Henley. <laughs> he invented the Henley. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Yeah, which they're great shirts. They're like long sleeve t-shirts with three buttons on the top oh, if you don't oh, know what a Henley uh, is. I do have, yeah, I have a few of those. I have at least one Henley. Okay. They're good shirts. Yeah, it's the year of the Henley. Yeah, and it's also winter, so they'll be helpful. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, um, which brings us into Tom Thump, which I the, the only thing I wrote for that one was, <laughs> it's Tom Thump, and I wrote Thumpy Toms. <laughs> <laughs> I put um, Back to the Rock. <laughs> I wrote Back to Relentlessness, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still amazed. At, like, I remember I wrote there, still amazed at instrumentation, because, again, their uh, musicianship is unparalleled. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the guy is... The people... The drummer is playing a normal drum kit. He doesn't have double bass pedals. Mm-hmm. It's He's just playing a normal kit. Yeah. Which it sounds like he's playing four kits on top of each other. Yeah. Um, the bass player is playing... As far as I've seen, a normal bass besides just having... I think he has some lighter gauge strings on there so he can play some of the higher parts. Yeah, that's like... I'm trying to figure out. I want to see what his guitar looks like. You know, like, it's all just very like down to earth stuff. It's nothing's like custom made. Wow. Nothing's insane. They're not dropping long dollars yeah. on insane instruments. They're just playing normal shit in a crazy way. Yeah. Um, bouncy horse. 
Bouncy House. Yeah, House. That's Bouncy That's House. this is actually my favorite song in the album. So um, I said it was distinct, and uh, it has a riff that doesn't get old. No, it's such a good yeah, riff. Yeah, like I was like not like you know, there's sometimes the riffs that don't get old, and before it did, they ended it did something else a break. Yeah, I yeah. love this song. I think it's a it's a really good way to end uh, side three. Yeah. Because uh, this is actually a four-side album. It's pretty. It's actually longer than the Wilco album. Yeah. In, uh, I think the Wilco album is like 42-ish minutes. This is like 53, so it's like <laughs> 10 minutes longer. Well, in the terms of songs, the Wilco record was able to... It was more more orthodox than right. this thing. Because this is a beautiful mess. This lightning bolt <laughs> right. record. Yeah. That's a really good way to describe yeah. lightning bolt. It's just a beautiful mess. Because I, I, in no way do I discourage this, this type of music oh, I really liked it um but uh yeah like it's it's strange to hear something like yeah Wilco are interesting and they're like okay Lightning Bolt is something completely different yeah. <laughs> it's like what if we took those little weird bits that kind of pop up and are sprinkled in yeah, I just made the a Wilco album just made a whole album of those <laughs> and turned it up to till 11 or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, this gets us into the tenth track, "All Insane." Which, which is the hey, there's lyrics in this one. There are, and there's a lot of lyrics. Yeah, in this. like this takes up like half the lyric sheet. Um, so it's um, it's basically a song that tells you to live your life like of inhibitions. Yeah, but I'm not sure what the last verse means. Really, um, I I like this one because like the simplicity of Husker don't returns oh, yeah, and, and then melody i feel like in this too there's melody in yeah the, and i yeah. feel like this is actually thematically similar to husker don't like maybe oh yeah yeah i don't know if he's i hope he's not dying yeah yeah but i do i do get the sense that um now that he's older and has a family he's starting to think about this stuff more yeah. and oh this is the mildest song on the record by the way oh yeah yeah it's uh, well really you think it's milder than don henley in the park uh, in a different way, I think it's I think it's more palatable, honestly. Okay, yeah. I can I can get that, but yeah, yeah I this definitely kind of seems more like a a life advice thing, and I'm not sure if it's for like, his kid or like for his live wife. before it disappears. That was one of the things that were oh yeah, and I was like yeah, I mean that's I have a <laughs> I have a tattoo. It's uh-huh. a Bob Dylan lyric says uh, he he busy not being born is busy dying. Right, and that's sort of like sort of make sure you live your life. Yeah, you make sure you keep on learning things. And I sort of got that sort of message from this song, as in like, as in like, you only live once. You know, God's not looking. Go ahead and have fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like this song. Um, which I think this is the last kind of proper song on the album, and then we get to Van Halen twenty forty nine, which is the Blade Runner reference, uh, which I love. It's but instrumental I think, and it's chaotic. This I think it's the noisiest song on the album, and I also think it's the second improv song. Yeah, it is the improv song like this. Is this it, song feels improv. Yeah, it's nine minutes long, and, uh-huh. it, and it just it meanders. It goes places, opens doors that you don't expect doors to be. <laughs> I I like all the doors it opens. I like all the little bits that are in there, but it's definitely like you need to strap yourself in for this nine minute song. Yeah, especially cause... trying to like, like nine minutes is a demanding thing for someone to do, especially for like a noise rock yeah, song. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's great though. I mean, I can imagine myself working out to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Lightning Bolt is great for working out, oh, let yeah. me tell you. Oh, yeah. What did um, you listen to yesterday when you worked out? Uh, what did I listen to? I'm kind of going through my records in alphabetical and reverse alphabetical yeah. and kind of, like, meeting up in the middle at okay. some point. And I think uh, I just hit... Oh, I listened to Queens of Stone Age. That's what it was, okay. their first album. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, that's every track on here. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, How often did they release records? Not often. There was a decent break between this one and the... 
Fantasy East. I mm-hmm. think they both kind of got busy with life. I think uh, the bass player, like Thumper, came out between Fantasy no Fantasy Empire and this album. So he's a day job. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a he's a game developer. It's him and one other guy actually. Oh, nice. Um, you, God, you got to play Thumper. It's so fucking good. Okay, yeah, I've, um, it's one of the games I'm considered downloading. Like you, several times. You should. It's great on Switch because it's got like HD rumble, okay. which works really well for awesome. that game. Um, I think it's described as a rhythm violence game. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's so good. I can't say enough good things about Thumper. Um, so they don't release stuff super often. I think they've slowed down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in them slowing down, they've had a lot of time to kind of think and develop stuff that uh, like they, they kind of let the songs develop and uh even out and i really i really really like it so i think as far as a rating goes which if you remember our rating system it's you rate it out of their album so it's okay. all within the context of their stuff oh yeah i was able to rate Wilco, yeah, yeah right yeah. um they've released seven albums mm-hmm. i think this is their best album oh yeah okay. this is my favorite lightning bolt album do you like the melody they incorporated i love that they incorporated melody which i i never really thought melody was missing yeah from lightning bolt stuff but i think what they've done on this one is by getting in the studio and being a little more production focused they've uh all the eccentricities and uh just how intricate their music is is a lot more clear because I oh, felt yeah. like a lot of it was getting muddied and it was kind of just these like walls of harsh noise a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of, I'd, I'd find myself getting bored or kind of overwhelmed halfway through most Lightning Bolt albums where I feel like this one I've listened to multiple times all the way through with no problem. Right. I don't think there's a, um, there's a uh, problem with it. Like, like yeah. when it comes to, if there's not something there's not something to be bored about for sure yeah um i i really liked it um i do see myself visiting it or looking at looking at the back catalog of uh, lightning bolt they're definitely worth checking out but i i feel like with a lot of their stuff it's like i find myself i'll go to albums i'll listen to the three songs i like and then oh, move yeah. to a different one listen to the three songs i like where this album is like i will listen to the whole thing all the way through all piece for sure every time yeah uh just because all the songs are are good. How many times have you heard it since you've gotten it? I've probably listened to it. I it's got to be getting close to like six to eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just uh, when I need something to listen to, it's like oh, lightning bolt. This yeah, is yeah, really this, good. This <laughs> I like one, this yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna eat a piece of candy from lightning bolt. Exactly. All right. Um. I mean, that's our episode this that's week. It. Yeah, that's that's good times. Uh, you have another podcast oh yeah, yeah about fuck, that. i forgot about that um <laughs> i do a podcast every week uh podcast called movies that don't suck and some that do we're everywhere we're powerful podcast we're spotify just look at movies that don't suck and some that do and you should be able to find us and you guys do two new movies yeah generally two movies a week um we try to do stuff that's in theaters still right um our next episode will be lighthouse and maleficent and uh, lighthouse leads a regular theater so sorry <laughs> i need to talk about it because i fucking love the witch and the director of the witch did this one so moving but yeah oh nice what do you do uh i'm part of like a monthly video game book club Mm -hmm. podcast uh part of like the cool bandana guys network i think they're working to get that stuff on spotify right now but basically once a month at the top of the month we decide what game everyone in this group is going to play and then at the end of the month we talk about it then you guys be there just play 
we beat as much as we can. Yeah. At least to, uh, some of us beat it, some of us don't. Some just games are just, like, impossible to beat them Right. Well, yeah. we, we tend to keep it, like, uh, hard, like, it, maximum 20 hours, so there's at least time to beat stuff. Yeah. But then there's just some stuff that's like, oh, this sucks, I don't want to play this all the way through. <laughs> um, we just recently, a couple days ago, recorded our Skate 3 okay. podcast, so we kind of talk about the Skate series, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series, yeah. skating culture, trampolines, Heelys. <laughs> we got we got off topic a lot, but I think... Heelys, yeah. I forgot about Heelys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we just... Some of us are skate... Well, most of us were skateboarders, and one of us was not, so we, we kind of talk about skating see, culture when it comes and stuff to skating, like that. I skated freshman year, and then... Then I was just punk rock. Like, right. my skateboard program just continued. Like, I just like punk music now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what we do, so we will see everybody next time with yeah. two more albums. Yeah. I, I had a great time. I did too. Alright. Lightning Bolt and Wilco and uh, Record Night. We love you. Peace out. Please out. <laughs>